Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So much as a pinky back into this pond, you may find something reaching out to pull you back in. It's personal. Hey there, and welcome to Rewatchability. This is a podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see how they hold up over time to view them through the modern eye. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Laurent Wick. Wait. <laughs> You're. Sometimes you do a little thematic thing. This you just add, you just are you the son of Wick? <laughs> I you know I just thought Wick was somebody who kicked a lot of ass. You could just oh, like, like, put it on your end of your name like a, right. like a title like Esquire, <laughs> <laughs> like a PhD, but it's a W I C K. If you kill fifty people right <laughs> alone, <laughs> then, you then get you're a the Wick. Wick on the title. Okay, that's <laughs> that dude is a Wick. <laughs> Rewatchability is part of Entertainment One's podcast network, and we want to thank all our Patreons. Those are the people that give us one, three, five dollars a month to keep this podcast going. Mm-hmm. At certain levels, you get the podcast early and ad free, and at other levels, you get bonus podcasts. Mm-hmm. You light us up like a wick. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the. I'm sorry. That was we're scraping the bottom of the barrel already. It can only go from here, though, right? Uh, it can go down from here. <laughs> so, yeah, that's like the whole plot of John Wick is that it can go down from this lowest point. Yeah. Like it starts pretty low. Anyway, we're going to get into it right now. Rob, when did you first see John Wick? Blaine, you know that I've never seen John Wick. I wanted to, I wanted to out you early. That's <laughs> totally not cool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's bad. I've never seen John Wick, and... No. This is totally on me. I... I've been begging you for years. <laughs> you know that I have a little bit of a problem with the fetishization of violence. Mm. And 
when this movie came out, even though I heard really great things about it, and I love Keanu Reeves, and might I mention right now on the podcast that Keanu Reeves is a homeboy. He is from Toronto. Yeah. Our he home. Is. He is, Boy. yeah. Okay. Homeboy. So I feel a special connection to him, as we all do as Canadians. Mm-hmm. But this movie, I sort of missed it because it just seemed a little bit too out there and violent and sort of gunny. Gunny. And don't get me wrong. I'm not somebody who's super sensitive to those sorts of things, but it's not my go-to for like a piece of entertainment. I think I like something that's a little bit more cerebral. Right. I enjoy the finer things in life. There's brains all over this movie. (laughs) <laughs> so, I don't know why. Good, good point. <laughs> but you watched the, for, for the podcast, obviously. That is what we do. You, you got into it, and this is kind of like it's a new, newer movie than we usually do on the podcast. Usually, we have like a decade mark. It's, yeah, that's the high water mark. After a decade, that is long enough. That is the appropriate amount of time to look back at something and say whether or not it's rewatchable. Mm-hmm. But this. I should say we are talking about it because there is the new John Wick movie coming out. Yeah, John Wick 3. Parabellum. Yeah, which I can only assume is a body part of some sort. No, it's like a shape, isn't it? (laughs) Parabola? Oh, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Isn't it like one of those things that a baby (laughs) sucks on? What? The soother? (laughs) Pacifier? Oh, pacifier. Or like a stroller, like a parambula? Just going for perambulation. But it's going to be a big movie. We're going to find out what it means in the movie when you see it. That's part of the mystery. It probably involves a whole lot of people being shot. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So I didn't see this movie, but I heard good things about it. And, uh, yeah, I was looking forward to watching it, Mm. you know. And another thing I think we should say in support of rewatching it at this point, even though it's only five years old, is that... Because there are so few original movies these days, there are so few original movies that seem to grow into franchises and have the criteria for rewatchability. And this is one of the few movies that I can think of that is contemporary, which I think begs the question (laughs) of whether or not it's rewatchable. Oh, I see. I thought you were going to say, what's a parabellum again? (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was the question. Yeah. <laughs> is it like one of those curved discs? I think it's like a thing, like a, a string with a weight on the end of it that you waggle back and That's forth. That's a pendulum. Oh, okay. So it's not that. I don't know. We're solving it one wrong answer at a time, <laughs> I think. What about you, Blaine? When was the first time that you saw this particular film, John Wick? Man, I was so excited to see this movie. I saw it in theaters. You love violence. You love murder. I, <laughs> I mean... I like that in movies sometimes. I'm like you. I'm a little squeamish. Mm-hmm. I find it hard to watch a lot of people die willy-nilly at the <laughs> at the whim of Keanu Reeves' gun. Willy-nilly, the silent killer. <laughs> Thought it was carbon monoxide, but uh, it's willy-nilly, guys. Watch out. It might be Baba Yaga, too, but we'll yeah. get into that. Yeah, I... I Loved this movie when it first came out uh, because I thought that not only was it an original movie, but it approached the uh, action movie genre from a slightly fresh perspective. Right. It had a whole world to it, and it was very much a 
stuntman movie because of the directors Mm -hmm. involved. And so it just watching it just brought me joy because it seemed like this choreographed murder dance. Right. And that was so much fun to watch. And Keanu, I mean, I'd seen him be kind of like, you know, a badass in like The Matrix or, you know, what have you. But this movie, it seemed like he just trained so hard for it and he had everything down so well. It just seemed fresh and new and fun. It sort of reinvigorated him. It did. Yeah. Yeah, before that, he was pretty tired. Uh, but now he, he wakes up at 6 a.m. every morning. That's right. To go kill people. Or to walk his dog. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, Rob. Oh, do you, do you have this thing where when you're watching a movie and the alarm goes off in the movie, your skin crawls? Is that just me? Like, I, uh, I physically get ill, like, hearing the alarm in the movie. No, I don't. You don't have that? No, I don't remember any alarm in this movie. No one talks about it, but there's a, there's a, this alarm in the movies, and it's always the same, like, eh, 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 and it makes me feel fucking awful. They talk about it, and they're worried about you. <laughs> this is an intervention. <laughs> uh, okay, Rob, uh, for people who haven't seen this movie and maybe want to go see uh, what a parabellum is, you want to run down the plot of John Wick. I'll try. So it starts with Keanu. Yeah. He is. That's not the movie we re- rewatched, though. No. No. <laughs> John Wick. Is... I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, right? <laughs> it starts with him. He's sort of rolling out of an SUV, and it's raining, and he looks injured. Yeah. And then he pulls out his iPhone, watches a video, and dies. <laughs> This is the best iPhone commercial I've ever seen. <laughs> Let your last glimpse be on a iPhone. Yeah, Max 10. <laughs> you had no idea what to call an iPhone. You own an iPhone. I, I do own an iPhone, but I don't know how to talk about it like it's a piece of technology. <laughs> like, it has 1080p screens. <laughs> you, you talk about it like it's a wizard wand or something. Like it is just, a wizard it's one. It's just magic to you. It's a magic technology which can bring me food, get me places, tell me what time the liquor stores close at. And replay your wife's final words to you. Yeah. Right? That's pretty nice. I watch them over and over again. Oh, God. I'm glad this divorce is going through. Slam. Uh, so, he, yeah, he's in pretty rough shape. And then it cuts to, to kind of the true beginning of this movie. Right, because... The rest of it, this is like it loops back. This is like the future kind of that we're seeing. <laughs> yeah, I mean they do that in movies, Rob. They, you know, it's it's a story, and they cut to maybe the end, so you see. Yeah, that but then... I, the technique is really good here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is because we really think that Keanu has bit it. Yeah, yeah. Because he, why he... else would he be watching this video? <laughs> To only to be opened on your death day. You're like, oh, okay, this is good. I'll watch this now. <laughs> Could have been something more important than us playing at the beach. <laughs> I killed all these people for you. <laughs> but, yes, flashback. He is Keanu Reeves, John Wick, the titular John Wick. He is having a rough go of it because... His wife, the person that we just saw him watching in this video, has passed away. Mm -hmm. Now, she hasn't been murdered by the mob or anything. She's just passed away from uh, an illness. 
Yeah, that made her like collapse on a date with him. It was horrible. You know, there's different stages. Yeah, it's, but they knew it was coming for a long while too, because that's what she tells him. Yeah, they had to just live with this. Yeah, it's really sad. It's so sad. It's very emotional. Mm-hmm. And it's probably part of why uh, we'll find out later he left the whole the continental and the whole business in general. Right, because he is no longer a hitman at this point. He's no. stepped away. Yeah. He's a he's a retired hitman. Mm-hmm. He retired pretty early. That's right. He's got to be like he's like forty something. Yeah, know? he he made his doubloons. He's not going to get his full pension. <laughs> yeah, but you know he has a nice house. Yeah, he has some investments, but. His wife, because she knew that he was going to be so broken up about mm-hmm. her death, she did something which was very thoughtful and, and sort of beautiful yeah. in that she got him a puppy. It's very nice. You know, to help him continue on with his life. Yeah, because men have such troubles with their feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard for men to feel things. No, I think she just knew that, like, when she was gone, he would just revert back to being a teenager. Like, yeah. what happens when any time Ariane leaves the house and me alone? I'm like, is you know, it's it's awful. I don't do dishes for days. It's horrible. <laughs> I become a wreck. Yeah, it would be really tragic if after his wife died, he forgot to do the dishes for a couple of days. <laughs> Those plates are piling up. What have I become? Just shoots them. <laughs> <laughs> That's one way to do the dishes. Exactly. But he gets his dog and it sort of it starts to draw him back out. Yeah. He he brings it on his on his day. Yeah. He has a nice day. And uh, he... his face to wake him up in the morning before his alarm even goes off. Yeah. Which I thought was really great <laughs> because I thought the alarm was going to go off. You need to get help, man. <laughs> we can't make this podcast about alarms going off. I told you that. Just one alarm after another. There's already a podcast for that. <laughs> but he has this confrontation at the gas station. Yeah. As happens so often. Oh, man. Some Russian mobster's kid. You too, eh? He starts to He starts complimenting your car. And yeah, you have a nice car. <laughs> As you do. And then he offers to buy it, but you can't let it go because it's sentimental. You had all those rides with your wife in it. And now she's dead. And now you have the dog. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to drive the dog around? That's all implied. <laughs> he doesn't say that out loud. <laughs> no, 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 no. He does. He does call the guy. He's, oh, he, I don't think he even calls the guy a bitch. He is really nice about it. He is really nice. He says, "I'm not a bitch." I think at one point he goes, "Hey, you know, maybe don't use that language." All in Russian. Yeah, yeah. Because those he doesn't guys, want him to use a Russian language. Those guys don't know that he speaks Russian. Yeah, and this should be a clue because the only people who speak Russian <laughs> are Russian mobsters. I've seen Eastern Promises. It's every movie, like. <laughs> I I know that like Putin is probably like a pretty evil dude pretty on the world evil dude. on the world stage, not the nicest fella. But I feel bad for just you know run of the mill Russian people in every movie that's made about Russians. They're like murdering people with knives in the most gruesome way. Well, now you know how Italians feel. <laughs> All through the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And come to speak of it, you know, Germans, it's every war film I see. They're mm-hmm. just... Uh... Well, <laughs> you still got a few years left on that one, Germany. <laughs> anyway, so... You opened he... up a real can of worms. <laughs> Speaking of not nice fellas. 
Yeah. But these guys, it turns out one of the guys is the son of a Russian mobster, like the big dude. And he comes in the middle of the night to John Wick's place and he beats the shit out of him, steals his car, and we all know what happens. He does something which is so unhuman and despicable. And frankly, I can't even say it on the podcast, but I'm going to say it. He murders. Daisy, the puppy. <laughs> I tried to rewatch this with Ariane a couple of years ago uh-huh. when it first came out on Netflix. And she just went, as soon as she was like kind of bored with it at the beginning. And then as soon as the dog came on screen, she was like, oh. And she like faced forward, watching the screen intently. And, and I was like, this is great. You're paying attention to the movie. And she was like, that dog's so cute. Oh, the dog. Oh. And she wouldn't stop talking about the dog. And then as soon as the guys broke into the house and the, and the guy took the dog, she was like, stop it. Stop the movie. <laughs> and she was like, did they kill the dog? And I was like, yes, they killed the dog. And she, and she walked out of the room. <laughs> she was like, I'm not going to watch this movie. What did you do to me? She really? Didn't, she didn't really walk out of there, but she she was like, "I'm not gonna continue watching this movie. This is too far. Wow, I can't see that dog bite it." That's really funny. My I watched this with my girlfriend, yeah, and she'd seen it before, so she was already a fan of it. Okay, but she's sort of having a tough time because her grandma's not doing very well, and it's oh, probably Jesus. like, yeah, you know, it's gonna be the time. But welcome to rewatchability, the comedy podcast. <laughs> But this is a movie (laughs) about grief. No, I know. Yeah. And she was like, this was everything that she wanted and needed. She just wanted to see people die. Oh, God. So she was like, her grief was processing this movie. Yeah, totally. Wow. I left to do this podcast and she watched John Wick (laughs) 2. I'm scared that she has a cache of weapons hidden under the floor. Yeah, you can't go home. I'm afraid for my life. Yeah, you got to go get some gold coins somewhere (laughs) to secure your security. Honey, I'm going to stay at the Continental tonight. (laughs) The Continental awful breakfast. Yeah. Well, you get the the honeydew. (laughs) But John does not take this very well. No. When he wakes up, he is distraught. And the guys who stole his car, they quickly find out that they may have made a small mistake. Yeah, they take it to John Leguizamo. Yeah, that's right. He's like, I don't know. Luigi. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I know pipes. I don't know cars. What are you doing? (laughs) Uh, But he's like, we kind of get the the threat of John Wick because he punches this mobster's kid in the face. Mm -hmm. The kid's like, my dad's going to kill you. He's like, he's not going to kill me. And then the dad calls. He's like, why would you hit my son? I'm going to kill you. And he's like, oh, he stole a car from John Wick. And he just goes, you're okay. And hangs up the phone. It's great. It's like really well written. That I yeah. love that. The owner of the car, did you, did you kill him or what? No. He sure as hell fucked up his dog. <laughs> you fucked up his dog. That's what you did. You yeah. fucked up his dog. That's yeah. crazy <laughs> shit, man. <laughs> Oh, look at you. It's great. You're going to come into my shop and you're going to pull a gun on me. That's great, man. Come on. Now, you you kill me right now or you get the fuck out of my shop. John Wick has a reputation. Yeah, bad reputation. Yeah, and not in the freaks and geeks sort of way. (laughs) (laughs) This plays (laughs) D&D. Coming of age and turning into a woman. (laughs) 
But yeah, so I mean, this is a this is the setup of the movie. Now, basically, the Russian mobster who has connections with John Wick has to decide whether or not he is going to take care of his son when John Wick comes to murder his son. So he sends like 12 guys to go and kill John Wick. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) they do not. I love that like – and this this isn't just John Wick. This is a lot of like henchmen movies. But henchmen are always in suits. Yeah. Like that's the easiest thing to like move around in and grapple people Uh and like kill people in. Like, I think they should all – I mean, that's why you have the, the – like, track suits? The track suits. Like Sopranos? Yeah. That's like, yeah. That's <laughs> what you have to do because you're limber. Yeah, these you can Russian move all monsters the should all just be in, like, track suits. <laughs> yeah, like Adidas track suits. <laughs> yeah. Fuzzy pink track suits with a visor. That would be amazing and <laughs> like, scary accurate. They're all, like, retirees in Malibu. I hope that this review doesn't gain us the attention of the Russian mob. <laughs> I realize we've been saying some – Pretty mean things about them. <laughs> no, I mean they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty lethal. So at least they got that. Oh, you're right. Yeah, I hope they don't hear. At right. least we won't have to think about it because our brains will be on the wall. <laughs> but uh, we get to see a glimpse of the world at this point, which is really neat. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about this movie is seeing the service industry that goes with <laughs> the hitman world. It seems like a very very nice service industry, though. It's not like working at McDonald's or Tim Hortons or something. No, nobody yells at you. No, they pay you in like I, what I can only assume are chocolate coins. Which That's is very right. Nice. You just take the foil off, yeah. pop it in your mouth. Mmm, sugar rush. <laughs> and everyone has a lot of them because they get them for Christmas and don't eat them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's like a cleaning service that comes, not unlike Harvey Keitel in Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. But he comes with like 12 guys and they sort of do – and it's very like rock and roll. Yeah. There's like guitars wailing I think while it happens and maybe Marilyn Manson singing that song, yeah. Kill a Stranger. Oh, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, That's yeah. not a good Marilyn Manson impression. <laughs> Kill a Stranger, the beautiful people. <laughs> so high pitched. I had my river moved. <laughs> just, to, just to not sing like Marilyn Manson? <laughs> That's right. Okay, sweet. I also like here where – the cop pulls the cop up, shows up and there's yeah. the siren, and he's like, evening, John. And Keanu's like, evening, Jimmy. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, Western tropes in this, which is pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that, like, just show like, I just love all these little interactions that show you the bigger world. That even the cops are in on this, like, assassin hitman world, and everyone's a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's a completely different universe that John Wick exists in. It's pretty fun and allows yeah. you to divorce it from all the brutal murdering that happens. <laughs> Fifty people lose their lives in this movie. <laughs> they have family and children. <laughs> oh, God. Some of them have pets. It's like, their pets are just waiting to be fed. <laughs> John Wick at the end of the movie has like 40 dogs. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's like, hey, you know, I, I have to take responsibility for what I've done. <laughs> That would be that would be amazing. Yeah. But so I mean this is not the end of the Russian mobster's attempt to solve his problem. No. Of not getting his son murdered. He also talks to Willem Dafoe. Yeah, who we've seen at uh, at John Wick's wife's funeral. Yeah, so they have some sort of relationship. Yeah. And he agrees to murder John Wick for $2 million, but it's very unclear like whether he's trying to do it because at some points he sort of helps him out. Yeah, well, there's um, 
you know, I, I yeah, there's certain scenes where it looks like he just missed shooting John Wick mm-hmm. when really it was to alert him that someone else was in the room and stuff like that. Yeah. But we're meant to believe that he's trying to kill his like what we assume is best friend, maybe. Yeah. Because there were so many people at that funeral. John Wick didn't tell, talk to one of them, and we never see any of them again. <laughs> That's like a whole support system for him. John nope. Wick doesn't really talk to people. <laughs> he talks to that dog a little bit. Yeah, he talked to the dog a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, over cereal. But that just makes me think, how much would it take for me to kill you? <laughs> <laughs> you've, you've said that you'd do it just without any – no one asked you. You just came out right and said it. Blaine. Everything has a price. <laughs> you offered to pay to do it. You oh, offered yeah. to pay someone to cover up the murder of me. That was horrible. Well, I can't really afford very much. I'm not going to your birthday anymore. That was <laughs> but... an awful party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also – it's an open reward. So there's a bunch of other people trying to kill John Wick as well. Yeah. He checks into the Continental, which is this fancy hotel for hitmen – Mm-hmm. And it is – they got Lance Reddick working the front desk. Yeah. He might be from a different dimension. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know if he's <laughs> from that dimension or not. I have you for two nights. Depending on business, it may be more. Of course, sir. So when the old place get a facelift? Around four years ago. But I assure you, sir, she really hasn't changed much. Same owner. Same owner. Room 818. And as always, it is a pleasure having you with us again, Mr. Wick. And also, hotelier extraordinaire Ian McShane runs the place. (laughs) He knows all about hotels. I didn't even think about that. He has over 200 years' experience dealing with (laughs) this kind of shenanigans that goes on in hotels when you have rough characters as your clientele. And he, he's like a bit of a, a father-esque figure to John Wick because he calls him Jonathan. Yes. He's very personable. Mm-hmm. He's very much like, oh, I'd love to see you again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, he, like, he plays by certain rules. There are w- rules in this world where mm-hmm. you can't kill anyone inside the hotel. The hotel. It's polite. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There was, a, there was this game that my friends played where they would try to hit each other in the balls. Uh, <laughs> This is toxic masculinity. At its finest. <laughs> and they would do it to the point where they'd be in tears, not from laughing because it's goofy, but from just pain mm-hmm. of uh, losing the ability to have kids. Are you saying that you want me to hit you in the balls? Hit me in the balls as hard as you can. <laughs> oh, God. That was some bad, bad foley. <laughs> yeah, I know you went, whoop. Is that, is that what a fist the sound of fist makes hitting yes. genitals? Well, Whoop. not on film, but in reality, it's yeah. a very different sound. It's yeah. a lot less impressive and dynamic. Yeah, for sure. But Just because it, he's at this hotel. I, well, let me, okay, you have more genital yes, smashing yes, goodness. Yes, let me finish discuss. this genital story. They had a thing where if they were touching a church, you couldn't 
you couldn't hit the other person. Yeah, because it was sanctuary, hallowed ground. Everyone understands like, that. Like like Highlander. So we would be out having a drink or whatever, and then they'd have to run to you know a church to touch it to not be able to be hit. That's the thing, though. You're not supposed to go after people in churches. It's holy sanctuary. Yeah. John Wick does not have that rule. <laughs> no, no, no. It's hotels. <laughs> Later, he shoots a priest in the knees. <laughs> <laughs> Just cap it, priest. Honestly, I don't think anybody gives a shit about that anymore. <laughs> Shoot a couple priests in the knees, you know. Just the, you know, the bad ones. Right. Yeah. But Oh, God. Anyway. Yes, that's what they'll say. Oh, God. Oh, no. Why did I do those knees. terrible things? <laughs> yeah. Now my knees are shot. Now I, I'm on my knees. All right. There's almost like a holy avenging sort of spirit to John Wick. Like, yeah. he has an almost otherworldly vibe going for him mm-hmm. you know he he's almost invincible he kills people without any trouble everybody else is just like interchangeable basically <laughs> yeah i mean he's built up to be he's like the anti-sugar he he's like inevitable is. yes yeah yeah for sure i hear you and there's that line in the movie that's like He's Baba Yaga. He's a he's his myth, and he's like, no, he's the person you send to kill Baba Yaga. I thought Baba Yaga was like an old crone with like a babushka shawl. Yeah, and you send you send John Wick because he'll be really nice about it because he's Connor Reeves and he's easy on the eyes. You know, she'll she'll invite him in. Yeah, yeah, that's true. If you see a nice young man like Keanu, mm-hmm. all women of a certain age love Keanu Reeves. Exactly. Yeah. So that's why. But she's also Baba Yaga is also a helper. In, uh, in in folklore as well. Is she? Yeah, she kind of helps people in their revenge. So maybe that's why it's in this movie as well. Oh. Maybe he never did kill Baba Yaga and she's working for him now. Did you ever have those trading cards with like folklore monsters on them? Oh my lord. Yes. That's where I'm thinking of Baba Yaga from. I had the Baba Yaga card. That's This is the first time since I've like had those cards that I've ever thought of those. Yeah. Yeah, they had like Swamp Thing, they had mummies, they had all these like folklore monsters throughout history. I love those cards. They were great. They were great. And they cards. had like the Marvel esque thing on the back of like speed, like <laughs> like revitalization. Yeah, yeah, they had all that stuff. Baba Yaga had awesome revitalization. <laughs> yeah, very slow speed. She just had to eat three children and she was like ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Some paprikash, and she was there. She was, she was doing it. <laughs> okay, but more stuff happens in this movie. Mostly killing. Yes, a lot of a lot of murder. There's an, a woman who comes after him, Miss Perkins. Yep, and he chooses not to kill her. Yeah, he gives her to. Uh, he gives her. Uh, he beats the shit out of her, and then gives her body to. Uh, another guy who kind of knows each other from back in the day mm. to catch and release is what they say. Yes. So I assume he's a fisherman. He's a fisherman. And so he... many Jesus metaphors. Oh, yeah. The fisher. For wasn't Jesus a fisher of men? <laughs> I was trying to think of a joke, but I just said the Jesus thing. Yeah, yeah you just not. Uh, <laughs> is this how people become preachers? <laughs> they just have anything funny to say? <laughs> the joke fails, and they're like, I guess I believe in God now. Just always reaching for that punchline. <laughs> <laughs> Falling short into scripture. <laughs> but she murders the guy that's supposed to watch her. Yeah, and, and she's breaking the rules of the Continental. Yeah, she's in, like killing people at the hotel, which you're not allowed to do. Not cool. No, and she visits the church when John Wick is, is finally caught. Yeah, that's right. They tell him that the that the church is a front, yeah. and that's where the guy, what's his name, Vigo, yeah. where Vigo's money is. 
And so he goes and he's, you know, that's where he shoots the priest and then he burns all Vigo's money and all this yeah. blackmail material. So, and I, that, that made me like him even more. I mean, that's, that's good. Yeah. Well, also, stuff. the guy tells us earlier that John Wick, he essentially made John Wick a deal that he would let him go, retire, be free of his contract or whatever, as long as he did this impossible mission, which we're told involved burying a lot of bodies. And all these bodies built the foundation for the empire that Vigo now has and that his son now fucked up. So there's something that's like poetic and symbolic about him going to destroy everything. And then like at the end of the movie, it seems like he's just killed fucking everybody. Yeah, there's no one left in New York. There's like the movie. one guy that he told could go have the night off. Yeah. Who was, I think, I think that was wrestler Kevin Nash. <laughs> Yeah, he's living like an I am legend life now because <laughs> New York has been cleaned out. Yeah, he's the oh, I mean, he's got to rebuild the empire. He's, he's the only living boy in New York. That's right. <laughs> so John Wick continues to kill people, and uh, well, eventually, William Defoe helps him out along the way. Yeah, and he kills the son eventually. Yeah, he, he finds out where the son is yeah. and tracks him down to the nightclub. And there's like this whole big like nightclub sequence where we get to see Keanu. Do one of the things that Keanu does best, not saying, whoa, but shooting people to techno beats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm just standing there being like, wait for the beat to drop, okay? <laughs> yeah, he, he murders so many people, but he's also beat up a lot in that, in that one. He's thrown over a, a second-story balcony and hits yeah. the ground. He starts to take a little bit of damage. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we know that because the little face in the bottom of the screen is getting more and more beat up as he goes on. <laughs> well, the only thing that I could think about while watching this movie was how much of like a video game it is. And yeah. it even seems to acknowledge that at the point where the kid is at the safe house and his buddy is playing some first person shooter. Yeah. And the gunshot sounds are sort of, you know, interlaced with Keanu coming and all these people like waiting for him with actual guns. Did you see what his screen name was? What? Neo. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it totally is a video game and or a comic book. Like it's it's it sort of exists comfortably, very comfortably within the matrix of fiction. Yes, like something like The Sopranos, you can sort of believe. Like, oh yeah, the mob boss is a guy who's living in Jersey and he has yeah. problems with his kids. And that's why I love this movie because it, it all the stuff happens. You're like, that's so unbelievable. Uh, but instead of making it in this universe and trying to make it believable at some point, they're like, this is in a completely other world where cops work with assassins and there's a whole criminal underworld that has their own mm-hmm. currency. And like, it's a big economy, so it contributes a lot through taxes. It's taxed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I actually am going to talk about that later. So <laughs> okay. we'll get into it. Yeah. yeah great. <laughs> We're going to talk about taxes. But eventually, so after everybody else is dead... He has the final sort of showdown with Vigo. Yeah. And they're not using guns. No. They're using some fucking boxing. And then Vigo takes out a switchblade. You know, classic. No more guns, dog. No more bullets. No more bullets. Just you and me, John. You and me. Get 
I know, and he stabs John Wick. And I like that that John Wick has that, that point where he's like, I can't do anything else because he has the knife at my gut. In order to get the like higher ground, I need to like let myself be stabbed in order to yeah. kill him. And so he just that stabs is himself. Intense. It is. It was really well done. And that whole scene with the car where he's driving around shooting people in the car and hits someone with his car and fires through the roof to kill them as they roll over. Yeah. It's like, I think you got them, John. You hit them with a car. You don't have to put holes in your roof. Ah, Better safe than sorry. Yeah. A stitch in time saves nine. (laughs) He's just giving John Leguizamo more work. (laughs) Anyway. I hope so. Yeah. He's awesome. He's great. But he finally kills the guy. Yeah. I'll be seeing you, John. Yeah, and it seems like they're both like not long for this world. And he sort of crawls away. And then we see the SUV doing its sort of thing. And yeah. then he rolls out. And we watch him watching that video Die of his again. wife. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And there's nothing else. Except what? He can't be dead. No, he's John Wick. There's two sequels. <laughs> They're prequels. They're both pre. No, they're not. <laughs> no, he goes to the veterinarians and fixes himself up a bit, mm-hmm. and he sees. Uh, He's surrounded by dogs, uh, presumably the people he killed. Yeah, that's right. They're <laughs> yeah. like, no one's around to take care of these people. Yeah, he takes a big muscle dog now because he has a muscle car, so he gets a muscle. Yeah, dog. that's right. He's got to like you know macho it up a notch, yeah, you know, because yeah. yeah, the the beagle or whatever Daisy was was nice, and yeah, it reminds me of your wife, but this is like a man's dog. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jesus. He came right at me. You couldn't see that at home, but he came right at me. It was very aggressive. <laughs> it's a good thing that I'm wearing the shock collar. <laughs> Just squirts a little little zest, a little <laughs> lemon into your face. No, no. <laughs> uh, so, but that is John Wick. That's the end of it, right it's there. John Wick. Yeah, he kind of walks away. It is intense. Yeah, it's an intense movie. And uh, we're going to be back uh, right after this to talk about oh, a whole bunch of behind the scenes, how what this spawned into, and I have some trivia for you, Rob. Okay. 
What did I? I wrote, no, actually, I, I auditioned for Orphan. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. I'm saying it was a role. He My was, parents wouldn't play their part. He was an Orphan. He was a semi-pro hockey player, and he was a, a, a ballerina as well uh, before he started acting. Do you, uh, this <laughs> this poor actor. Who, who was it in this movie that uh, that was those things before starting acting? I'm going to say Willem Dafoe. Oh man, I want to see Willem Dafoe do ballerina. He probably so does. Bad. He'd yeah. be amazing. Yeah, he'd he be was so part good. of the New York theater scene, Worcester Group. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Did he dance in the Worcester Group? He did everything. What, was it the, the Worcester dance? It was performance. It's all elements. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, it is not Willem Dafoe. Why? I'm sorry to say, it was uh, Michael Michael Ny- Nyquist. Oh yes, the guy who plays Vigo. Vigo. Yeah. Yeah. He's had a crazy life. It's pretty cool. He like moved well, to the U.S. to be like for a year, found hockey, loved that, started acting on the side. And then he got injured, went back to Sweden, became a ballerina, and then uh, – Got injured, then became a ballerina? I know, right? That is the opposite way of things. And he was doing really well there, but he was like, no, my injury is going to make it harder for me down the line, so I'm going to stop that. And I like acting, so I'm going to do it. And he yeah. was so good at it, and he, uh, he died uh, uh, two years ago. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah, um, this was one of his last roles, wasn't it? It was, yeah. He had like a few more, and movies are still coming out that he was in. But yeah, he, we, you've seen him before. He was in the Stieg Larsson movies. The girl yeah, who the, kicked the what's hornet the, and the, the fire spider's spider. nest. And, yeah, <laughs> those movies. Yes. Yeah, also about Elizabeth uh, Salander. About uh, assassins. And is it? Is it about, it's about assassins, right? Yeah. Yeah, there was just a documentary about Stieg Larsson and about a bunch of the stuff that he did in warning people about white supremacist groups in Sweden. Whoa, really? Yeah. Good on you, Stieg. Yeah, because he was like a real journalist. That's where all of the stuff comes from. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, died. Oh, no. All right. Yeah. He's with Nyquist now. (laughs) Okay, the doctor in the film that fixes up John Wick. We've seen him before. And he's also met Keanu before. In what movie? Oh. Ah. Keanu needed something from him in this movie. He's trying to track him down. I'm just going to say a Matrix. <laughs> You're totally right. He was the the key master from Ghost... Uh, no, key- <laughs> wait, sorry. Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, he was the key master. He was that guy that was running around through all those doors. Mm. Remember that annoying part of Matrix Reloaded? You know... I may not have seen Matrix Reloaded. Then you're uh, pure of heart and mind. <laughs> <laughs> you're living a better life than all the people wow. that have seen Matrix Reloaded. Thank you. Yeah, he was, yeah, he's great. Um, <laughs> he was he was fine. Uh, okay, so final question. Okay, this is where we get into taxes, Rob. Okay, have you done your taxes this year? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, we're moving on. No, um, how much? Is a gold coin. Wait, I forgot to do my taxes. Oh, God, no. That's the alarm we're talking about right there. That's how loud it is. <laughs> how much is a gold coin worth in the John Wick universe? How much is a gold coin worth yeah. in the John Wick universe? He pays well, for a lot of things with, with gold coins. How much do these gold coins weigh, and what's the market value for gold in 2014? Uh, $1,200. Okay. So, and how much does it weigh? 
uh, no, twelve hundred dollars for the weight of gold in two thousand fourteen. I've already done the calculation for you. Okay, I'm gonna say it's a million dollars. You are no, nah, it's a trick question. You can't you can't be right even because they never explain the value in this movie, and yes. therefore it has no value. There's no it, there's no explanation as to what these coins do. He pays for the a drink with a coin. He pays mm-hmm. for a gun with a coin. He gives like that guy one coin for looking after that woman, and he dies because of it. Yeah. So the coins are also cursed. Like, I don't know why seem, people are using those coins. You probably can't even exchange them for cash. Like you can maybe exchange them for stuffed animals, well, like a small one, and then you have to trade more coins and several stuffed animals what, for a bigger one. Jesus, this is like that one red paperclip where the guy like traded in the paperclip up to like a mansion or a million dollars or something. No, I, I read a, a, a really interesting article on Forbes, uh, Adam Ozemek who's an economist, looked at what the coins might be worth in John Wick and tried to deduce what they're worth. And he couldn't. It was impossible because they're used for so many different things. But he was like, why use coins at all? And he thinks he's he's figured it out. Oh. Yeah. So use he, Bitcoins. <laughs> use big coins. <laughs> this is the new Bitcoin. It's just big coins. You can't lose them that way. You won't have that problem like that guy who lost all his Bitcoins in the dump. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so sad on, like, the USB key. You'd be able to see them because they would be, like, a big pile of coins. Yeah, and he was looking for them before he even, like, before they got to $10,000 a Bitcoin. Wait, what? Bitcoins are worth $10,000 now? Yeah, they were. I have to go to the dump. (laughs) (laughs) I need to buy some furniture. It's not for the Bitcoins at all. Yeah, no, I just uh, – I feel comfortable there. So he thinks it's used for the Continental to tax all its staff and to get more money from the people coming to the the, – So he thinks that people buy the coins in order to get things like a fairground. You would do it at the fairground. Yeah, that's what I was – like you stuffed animals. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Yeah. (laughs) It's like checking cheeses. It is like Chuck E. Cheese's. So it's like tickets at the at the fairground or a Chuck E. Cheese's. Lance Reddick used to run a Chuck E. Cheese. That's where they yeah, got the system. Exactly. And he, did you, have you ever been to a Chuck E. Cheese? No. Have you? Yeah, I went to one once. Because I hear it is wonderful and horrifying. Did you see the robot band play? No. It was like a kind of low-rent Chuck E. Cheese in the States. <laughs> and I hit my head playing air hockey with my mom. And they tried to let you die so that they wouldn't be responsible for you. They tried to pay my mom one gold coin <laughs> to dispose of my body. Forget your son. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the guy was so worried that we'd sue. Because uh, it's very, the States is very litigious, I guess. And he gave me all these free toys. Wow. So that was pretty sweet. I was like, i got to go back to Chuck E. Cheese and hurt myself again. <laughs> so started a big, horrible thing Was in my he life. like Ian McShane? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blainathan, come here. <laughs> you can have any whore you want. <laughs> <laughs> that was him from Deadwood where there was more prostitutes. Yeah, less prostitutes I assume prostitutes that there's prostitutes movie. at the Continental as well. Sure, one gold coin for their <laughs> services. But yeah, he thinks that uh, the gold coins are used because you can, instead of, uh, I never really thought about why people use tickets at the fair. I, I knew that like you wouldn't spend all your tickets so they'd make more money off of you, but I never thought about the fact that you couldn't trust all your vendors. And oh. so the vendors get tickets, they hand in those tickets, and you give them cash, and at that point, you take your cut from it. So that they, if you pay, if we just pay cash at a fairground, and the people could 
say, oh, I got paid way less. And Never trust less. a carny. That's exactly I what the guy I have learned the hard way. That's exactly what this economist said in his article. He says, as we all know, you cannot trust a carny. <laughs> it's one of the basic <laughs> tenets of economics. Econ 101. That's what you learn when you go in. Was it Keynes? <laughs> Keynesian Keynesian. economic <laughs> Who said never policy. trust a carny. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, and look where the states is now. I wish now. I knew anything about economics. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just the middle out uh, core algorithms of <laughs> economics. I have no as idea. As soon as podcasts hit that Bitcoin money, though. <laughs> Uh, so those are my those were my questions. Those are great trivia questions, the, Blaine. The last, the last. Thank you. The last one. How many people did he kill? You say fifty, but it's a little bit higher than that. How many people did he actually kill in this movie? Ah, uh, I'm gonna say sixty-four. Oh, just under seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. And was yeah. that like symbolic? Like, was that when the director was born? Or, uh, no. Oh, yeah. No, okay. it's was, it was just really boring. All right. Yeah. It's just the amount of bullets they could afford, I think, <laughs> on set. That's right. They almost never miss. <laughs> they don't miss in this movie. Well, Keanu Reeves only misses when he's trying to shoot the Russian mobster's son. Yeah, he suddenly turns into like a stormtrooper at Damn, that point. Damn, <laughs> What's wrong with me? So the, the whole movie, famously directed by two... Stuntmen that yes, Keanu that's right. Reeves met on the set of The Matrix. One of them was Keanu Reeves' stuntman, wasn't he? Yeah. And they also choreographed together so many of the stunts in so many movies and the action scenes in so many movies. Pretty much, I don't think anyone in North America that's watched an action film has not seen their work. Right. They're, they're all over the place. It's amazing what they do. And they, in this, they really brought something new to it because they talked to like Navy SEALs, they talked to jiu-jitsu masters, and they tried to combine the flow of fighting with gunfire as well. Gunkata. Which, which <laughs> so do you know about the gunkatas? What? No, in this movie, no. Not in this movie, but in another movie that I yeah, don't think Yeah, Equilibrium. We... Yes. Someday we'll talk about Equilibrium because yes. it's amazing. Uh, with much worse gun cutters than this movie. <laughs> uh, I'm what do you mean? It's amazing. Might I say Equilibrium better than The Matrix? <laughs> no. What are you doing? But I'd say it's a good title for the fourth John Wick movie, Equilibrium. Because <laughs> Parabellum, you know, fit in there. So they made it pretty fresh, and I think that showed on screen uh, with the research that they did. Right. Uh, and th- it's Chad Stalski and David Leach who are the directors. Yes. And so an unfortunate thing that happened to them is that they were like, well, we're two stuntmen. We're, we worked on this together. We brought each other onto this project. Let's... Uh, let's direct it together. And then the director's Guild of America was like, oh, no, no, no. You cannot do that. So they murdered the director's guild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's no more director's guild. It's it's only the writer's guild. And that's being murdered right now, too. That's right. By the agent's guild. Support your writers. <laughs> so no one has agents. It's all... Those are writers killing... Agents. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) I'm Tony Kushner. Bang, bang, bang. (laughs) So the writer of this movie wrote a few things before this. Okay. But they're a pretty new writer. And the things they wrote before this were very... (laughs) They were very B-movie action movies. Right. And so this movie... It's sort of elevated. 
Yeah, it, it definitely it definitely elevated it. It um, has a lot of the same B movie tropes as like the sort of action movies that you'd expect in the eighties. Like, yeah. oh yeah, like they had a prior relationship with this fellow, but now they gotta kill him. Yeah, there's a betrayal, and it's weird because when I was rewatching this movie, I noticed that at the beginning I was like, this dialogue is just it's not the the greatest. Oh. But then as I continued watching on, I was like, oh, this is all stylized. This is a world of B-movies. Everyone yeah. talks like this. I mean, this it's world. like the dialogue in a cutscene from a video game. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But then it, you, they stylize it into this whole continental world of assassins where everyone kind of talks in these like movie lines. That is also like a video game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so it, uh, I don't know, it, it worked for me. At, at the end of uh, rewatching this, I was like, oh, the stuff that I thought was pretty paltry, there was actually a reason for that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would agree with that. I think that what it does is it commits to a lot of the tropes of those sort of B-action movies and does it in such a straightforward and great awesome way that they just sort of get away with some of the things that we might be more critical of another movie like you know some movies you would count the bullets and be like i don't think any gun has that many right yeah in other movies you might be like he would not have hit that person or that person wouldn't have died that way yeah but this movie it sort of like takes it to the extremes and you know it's a fun ride getting there so you're very willing to forget some of the other stuff. Like that part, that like extended scene where he's like wrestling with that guy with the knife on yeah. the floor. And it's like, it goes on longer than any scene I think in the movie. It's a 15 minute scene <laughs> where he's like, just like, you know, yeah. there's like Putting one the inch yeah. of movement on that knife. Yeah. Oh, like uh, Saving Private Ryan, that scene. Yeah. Oh, but that's not like stylized. That's trying to be realistic. Yeah, and and I think it it was. But this definitely was was very stylized. Or even the stuff like the dog, mm-hmm. which I think works very well. And yeah, it's very emotional mm-hmm. for a lot of people. But is just really. I mean, if you think about it, it's manipulative. It's, it's like so manipulative. You know, it's great. And like honestly, <laughs> if Keanu Reeves was really, if somebody really killed somebody's dog, yeah. I mean, I don't think that would necessarily justify the murder spree that he goes on. I understand he's working through his grief with his wife. Oh, man. Did you – on the trivia, because I, I read through the trivia and then I look at other articles and I try to come up with trivia that isn't just on the IMDb. But on the trivia on IMDb, there was a story about that this was based on a true story of a guy who came home from Afghanistan and his dog was in his yard and these bikers came by and hit his dog. And then took off, and he got his gun, got into his forerunner, and tracked them through three states. And finally, they were arrested. And when asked why he didn't shoot them, he said, I've killed enough people in my life. That's not a true story. Yeah. That's just a bullshit story that someone made up and put on IMDb. Yeah. That can't be a true story. That's like somebody made that up after having too many PBRs. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah, I'll yeah. fuck you up. Let me tell you story. <laughs> Let me These tell you story. <laughs> they killed my dog, see, just like John Wick. <laughs> yeah. And I'm a little bit like John Wick myself. Name's John Quick. <laughs> <laughs> I just came up with that because I'm very it's fast. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, so I, I wouldn't kid, believe that. Yeah, no, it's a bullshit story. That no, has to be. Like, it also, doesn't seem real. You didn't kill the people because that's murder. Like, I, you'd go to jail, you psychopath. I don't know. Oh. It's very, it's very weird. Yeah. So that you can't you can't believe everything you read on IMDb. That is not true. You got to take it with a you grain of salt. You can believe everything you believe. Um, you but also, uh, uh, Keanu Reeves learned how to fly in this movie just through pure will. <laughs> so uh, flap your wings, Keanu. That was also on the IMDb trivia. What? Um, <laughs> no. So the last thing that I thought was kind of fun about the behind the scenes is that this movie was originally titled Scorn. Scorn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which I don't know. Seems like I'm at a fair ground <laughs> like a already. To doubt, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's two doubt jokes in a row. <laughs> we get them in there. Oh man, yeah. We switched from diehard jokes to doubt jokes. That's right. It's great. It's our new favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Remember it's how just... his fingernails were a little bit too long, and Meryl Streep didn't like that. Yeah, man. He should have fucking shot her with a gat. <laughs> Good connection. Yeah, yeah good connection between Scorn. the two movies. <laughs> um, but when Keanu Reeves was brought on to the project, he just called it his his character's name because he was talking about his character a lot and would just be like, yeah, the John Wick I, I play, I play John Wick. And he'd say that in interviews. And so they were like, well, we're not going to correct Keanu Reeves. John Scorn. <laughs> John Scorn. I have a lot of scorns on my foot, and it's uh, horrible. I should go see the doctor. Um, yeah, it's like this. Well, this uh, this movie was supposed to be for an older actor too. He was supposed to be in his sixties. Right. I read yeah. that. I read that they wrote it with uh, Paul Newman in mind. Yeah. Yeah. With Paul Newman flipping around people. <laughs> Jesus. I'm glad he killed it... more people with salad dressing, though. That was. <laughs> Have some Thousands Islands, scum. <laughs> Scorn! <laughs> That's a lot of saturated fat. He was so good, though. Paul Newman. <laughs> yeah, okay. okay. You scorned him for so long. Yeah, it was supposed to be an older actor, and then uh, the, the producer was like, well, maybe we'll get someone who's not a seasoned human being, but a seasoned actor, a veteran actor. And that was kind of the, which I don't believe that story either. I thought the guy was just like, ah, I just want to work with Connor Reeves. Yeah. And then made up that lie after, obviously. Well, I wonder, like, this movie did receive a big marketing push, and it became, like, a big thing. It was a big success. But I wonder, at what point did they realize it was going to be good? Because the cast is amazing. Oh, Like, man. Ian McShane, yeah. Lance Reddick, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe, so good. And he's, Keanu, he's so little in this movie. That f- guy who I understand is from Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, yeah, little Joffrey or whatever his name is. I think he played a dragon. I don't know. <laughs> have we both not watched Game of Thrones? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, my God. We have to do that on rewatchability. Yeah, and he's also, <laughs> isn't he or also? Or just watchability, I guess. <laughs> isn't he also Lily Allen's little brother or something? Oh, cool. Yeah. And she wrote a song about him, about how he's so lazy and he'll never <laughs> make anything with his life. And then he was on Game of Thrones in, in this movie. Well, I mean, she got pretty popular before that happened, right? Yeah. So I'm on I mean, maybe that helped. Well, I'm sure that they're both very privileged and having, you know, privileged parents helps. <laughs> yeah, the there is another actor that we haven't talked about at all in this movie, John Wick's wife. Right. Bridget Moynihan. Because she's barely in the movie. 
Yeah. And she went around impressed with this movie. Well, I think that they made that as like a choice. Like she's very like off in the distance and like because she's gone. Like she yeah. she's not actually alive for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it hard to – I think that's why they had to kill the dog because it wasn't enough that he was sad had about his wife. Had to kill the dog. Because it's hard to like join a movie or join a, a story where someone's already lost someone and you're like, well, I never knew them and I can't. It's hard to feel – for them at mm. all. Like, did you watch the new Ricky Gervais no. show? <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair, fair enough. Jesus. Scorn. <laughs> Scorn. The feeling people have when they think about Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, it's just I, him watching his dead wife talk to him because they couldn't not have her in the thing because we need to understand the impact of right. her dying on him. Well, I think it's interesting – the cheap and lazy thing to do and cliche yeah. thing to do would have been that they killed the wife. And I think that was maybe one of the first drafts of this uh, script because it changed so much. The dog mm-hmm. was brought in by one of the directors too. So yeah. It, yeah. But it changes the entire sort of meaning experience of the movie because it's not just about revenge for you know your loved one being killed. Like that being able to see you know where she gives the dog – to him. Yeah. Like, it's an act of love. And seeing sad Keanu, no one wants to see that. But then it becomes much more about his grief, mourning the loss of his wife, rather than, like, he has this imperative to kill everybody because they've wronged him in that particular way. It's yeah. still about the wife. Yeah. But there's, like, that one step which makes it about something else. And also, like, opens it up for us because we all grieve. We all need to kill 50 guys. Yeah. Yeah, like your girlfriend. Like she's she's probably the forty six at least <laughs> by now. <laughs> don't go home. Just don't do it. Yeah, it is great. And I you know, sometimes I teach screenwriting and, and one of the, you know, things you have to do as a screenwriter is to is to externalize the internal and so it's the one of the biggest examples I could ever see is John Wick. It's like externalizing his grief by putting into a puppy that gets killed mm-hmm. you know and we saw that puppy be murdered and him crawl to it bloodied and yeah. hold it God. but it, it is pretty like screenwriting class yeah like no definitely it's like, not subtle it's not subtle at all and i think the fact that it actually does work is sort of a testament to the commitment of the directors. Yeah, and well, and, and Keanu. And Keanu. And yeah. the dog, who and really died. Yeah, he, that was the ultimate commitment for that dog. They had to. That was, in order to make this movie what it was, they had to kill the dog. Not only that, because we talked, like, on Independence Day, we talked about you can't kill the dog. You can't, no one does that on screen. And no one kills animals because you lose the audience. But this got us in the mood for revenge so much because we never see it on TV ever. Yeah. So, yeah, it worked. Yeah. This is more affecting seeing the dog die than it is at the beginning of Face Off where we see John Travolta's child die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because John Wick doesn't hold the dog and then pet its face with his hand. You know, that's more excusable to pet a dog's face than a human's anyway. Okay. Fuck Face Off. God damn it. So, Rob... Did you think this movie was uh, was watchable, I guess? Rewatchable. Will you rewatch this movie in the future? I might. I feel like my girlfriend will make me. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Did it I, make you want to watch the second one or the third one? Yeah, I mean, I'm interested. I did enjoy it. I think it's, you know, it does what it does very well. It's not like my go-to, again, for, yeah. like, it's entertainment. Movie, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe if I was in the right place or right. the right time, it would be particularly affecting. I enjoyed seeing it. I enjoyed, like, the sort of choreography of the action. Yeah. Like, all the action's very impressive, and the way that they sort of do these things and tell the story through action, I think, is very impressive. Like, it's not boring in a way that a lot of action sequences are. And sort of around the same time that this movie came out was the point where action sequences were becoming very discombobulated, where, like, yes. they weren't they weren't showing people fighting in a way where you were able to track them there's and that, see like, what they were doing. There's that famous scene in Transporter where there's like 21 cuts of a guy jumping over a fence. It's just like, oh, man. Yeah. What do you, you, that's so chaotic. Or it's just like, you know, like out of context shots of people being like elbowed or punched and like you're just yeah. like, okay, I guess they're fighting. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't, you know. This, I think, you know, it plays very well with like the with like certain bits of tension and you don't doubt that Keanu Reeves is going to kill all the people. Well, and it it's, uh, fits the mood of the whole world of this piece. Mm-hmm. It's very dramatic and very uh, solid. You know, it doesn't move a lot. The camera slowly pans or is stuck in one place and doesn't move like a lot of the, you know, this this world is very solid as well. For sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I say it's rewatchable. I would probably rewatch it again. And I'm looking forward to seeing John Wick 3 because we're seeing John Wick 3. Oh, we're seeing John Wick 3. We're going to we're going to see him murder 78 people this time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. All those graves. That was probably the second one he murdered 78. This would be 79. Oh, uh, what? That's almost 80. Every time there's a John Wick movie, the funeral industry is like, <laughs> <laughs> Or the cleanup industry, I guess. Just yeah. that one guy that we see earlier, he's like, <laughs> Likes that Christmas chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What about you? What, did you think this was rewatchable? Because you'd seen this before, and you loved it. Yeah. I I thought it was it was good. I was... There, to, I was, I was watching it to poke holes in it, and there are a few places like the, you know, the currency doesn't make sense, or the dog being killed is pretty manipulative. It's like an episode of This Is Us or something. I also like the monologue that he has with the other dude when they finally meet, and they get to talking about like, you can't leave this life. You are this thing. Yeah, right. I love yeah. all when they talk about like, you, you can't start a new life. This is where you are. Come home, John. <laughs> like, this guy was born to kill people? Hello? <laughs> Nobody is born to kill people. Hello. Hello. It's like Jerry Lewis over here giving me life advice. (laughs) I'm saying there's more to you than this, John Wick. Go back to school. Learn a trade. Maybe you can become a veterinarian. Yeah. Yeah. This is his problem. He never had another life course. And his wife died. And Uh, then they killed his dog. Yeah. But also, if he'd had like a course that he was taking... It seems very much like from what I've read on Reddit of Keanu Reeves' life, it seems very much akin to that. Oh, yeah. He's, he's been through the ringer, that That's guy. the other thing I forgot to mention. And I guess knowing that about his life makes this movie a lot more, uh, I don't know. Like when he's driving around in his car and he is yelling a lot, like I'm sure that's what Keanu Reeves does on his motorcycle. That's yeah. why he like wipes that so often. Yeah, I knowing what I know about his biography, like yeah, it's very, it's very. I mean, watching him grieve is like yeah. There's a man who knows how to grieve because yeah. he's done it in real life. Yeah, and I think his his uh, experience, his acting, 
really brings that to the fore and allows us into this movie in a way that I don't think any other actor could have done. It helps that he does most of his talking by shooting. Oh, yeah. Very loud talker. Because, <laughs> you know, with the dialogue, Keanu, you know, he's like, eh. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to say this is... You killed my dog. <laughs> this is rewatchable. Bogus. <laughs> yeah, if he had a time machine, he'd go back and stop the death of his dog. Death of his wife. Well, no, he couldn't do that. Well, he could have... It was an illness. He could have went back, went to the future, learned how to solve that illness... Come back with the help of Rufus. Saved his life. <laughs> this is the Saved third the dog. The third Bill and Ted feature, like feathers into the third. But if he John saved Wick. his wife, he would never have the dog. Oh yeah. Okay. The wife has to die. Wife has to die. Oh man, that's time so for he you. He can be who he really is. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to this podcast to us talk about John Wick. You can check out our feeds on Facebook and not Twitter. Twitter, and uh, if you want a T-shirt, you can go to T Public. And what helps us out a lot, if you can't go to Patreon.com/slash/Rewatchability and give one dollar a month, there you can go to Apple Podcasts and you can rate us there. That really helps, and uh, yeah, and helps other people discover our podcast. So you don't have to go around yapping about us talking about John Wick. Mm-hmm. No one wants to do that. And we'll give you a shiny gold coin. <laughs> it'll be melted because it'll have been in Rob's pocket. Yeah. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.